0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Troy Francis podcast with me, Troy Francis. Today, the number one unfair advantage that older guys have in dating, okay? It's not what you think. It's not the advantage. Whatever it is that you're thinking, it isn't that. Well, it probably isn't that anyway. Unless you're listening to this, and you're an older guy, and you've already figured out what I'm going to talk about, in which case... Congratulations, but hopefully you'll still get something out of this. We are continuing the theme, ladies and gentlemen, from last week where I talked about things that older guys need to know in dating, and we're continuing the older guy theme to talk about actually why you've got an advantage if you're listening to this and, you know, you are an older guy. Now, last week, if you listened to the show last week... Then thank you very much. If you didn't, then check it out. It's on all the podcast platforms and it's also on YouTube as well. It's an audio podcast. Back to doing audio podcasts on a weekly basis. Then you will have heard me defining what I mean by older guy. But I'll define it again now, just so that we're clear. When I say older guy, what I'm really talking about is somebody in their 40s, to be honest. And I wanted to start to put together a bit more content for guys who are in their 40s simply because I just don't think there's enough of it out there. I don't think there's enough of it out there that is very good. I think there's a lot of content and there always has actually been a lot of content that's been aimed at younger guys who want to improve themselves, who want to improve their dating lives, their romantic lives, and so on and so forth. There isn't so much content that's aimed at older guys. Now, I'm saying 40s. At a pinch, I would say we can extend that into mid to late 30s. And the reason for that is what I'm really talking about here, and what I'm the people that I'm primarily talking to here, although anybody is welcome, of course are guys who have either been through a long-term relationship or a marriage and come out the other side. Or even if you haven't, you're a guy that you're of an age that you could have done. Now, I know, I know that you can be 21 and you can get married for a year and then you divorce and you're 22. And, you know, I I know there are people in that situation, but in the main, what I'm talking about here are those guys who have been through kind of a longish- Relationship and come out the other side because we have a lot of guys who are divorced or a lot of guys who are separated from long term partners that come back into dating and they need a bit of a hand. They need to know what to do. They don't know the ropes. Or you have degenerates like me who have always been unmarried. I mean, I've been in relationships, I've been in long term relationships. I haven't been married, haven't been engaged, uh, don't have children. But, uh, you know, many guys obviously will have done those things they will perhaps have a family but there are also an increasing number of guys who haven't done any of that and as we were saying last week the reason for that is well there could be many reasons but a reason for that is because you simply don't really have to in today's world as much as maybe you felt that you had to you know 20 years ago 25 30 40 years ago it was the expectation that you would just get married, you'd have the kids and that that was just what you did. Increasingly in, in my own lifetime, and I'm late 40s now in my own lifetime, I have seen that change. So now, you know, to a large extent, you can kind of do what you want. I mean, you may, of course, have comments from people around you from your family, from co workers, from friends, from associates, etc. Perhaps, depending on who you hang around with, depending on what your family's like. But you're not going to be socially ostracized because you're not married or because you're not in a long-term partnership. These days, people tend to be a little bit more respectful of what other people want to do, other people's lifestyles, etc. And so you're kind of allowed to to freestyle and do what you want to do. And increasingly guys and women have taken advantage of that right they have thought well you know what i don't have to settle down and create a nuclear family and so do you know what i'm actually i'm not going to do that i'm actually going to spend the time travelling or enriching myself in some way you know learning a language or writing or creating music or building a business or whatever, right, they find another string to their bow, they find another purpose for life, if you like, that isn't simply the getting and finding a partner and getting married and then starting a family, they, they do something different instead. Okay, now it's not the majority of people I dare say it will never be the majority of people. But there is certainly a group of people like that. I suppose I put myself into that group. And I can only see that group increasing in size, particularly now that people are very aware of the trade-offs that you have to make with something like marriage and the trade-offs that you have to make when you have a family, you know, not, not least the financial aspects of it, but um, just, just with your time. And, and it ultimately, it just comes down to how you want to live your life. I mean, if that's what you want to do, then of course that's, that's fine. I mean, That is everybody's right to want what they want want, and to go after what they want. But not everybody necessarily has that same ambition. And I think it's good, actually, that we can just let each other do what we want to do, really. Anyway, so you've got the people that perhaps came out of a a marriage, they're divorced, and then you've got the people who maybe they, they never got married in the first place. But these are all older guys, guys who are sort of in their 40s, maybe into your 50s, maybe 60s, even 70s, even 80s. I mean, we're open to everybody here. Uh, But I would say later 30s is probably the lower tier of who we're talking to. Now, it's not to say if you're in your 20s and you're listening to this and you you like my content and you resonate with it and everything, then by all means, please continue to listen because I think that when I'm doing these shows about older guys, there's always going to be something that you can take from it. And also as well, look, the reality is We're all only moving in one direction. You know, there is no Benjamin Button phenomena going on here where one of us or a few of us are moving backwards in time. Unfortunately, it's not happening. We are all slowly getting older and older and more and more decayed uh, as we head for the pearly gates of heaven. So, yeah, even if you are in your 20s or early 30s or whatever at the moment, rest assured. You will become an older guy at some point, if you're lucky, if you're lucky. We said this last week, you know, the people who are lucky live for a decent amount of time. They have a a good life experience, but not everybody's that lucky. So that's another thing to bear in mind. But if you are fortunate and you have been lucky enough to be healthy and having access to good nutrition and the, the the amount of money necessary to ha- lead a reasonably healthy life hopefully you're going to live for for a while and when you do get older then like i said last week the, the truth is you go at you you kind of still want the same things it doesn't really massively change you know i think when you're 20 you think god a guy in his 40s he probably just wants a pipe and slippers and he wants to have a dog and read the Daily Telegraph, and he's not going to be interested in women anymore. He's not going to be interested in sex. He's not going to be interested in having romantic adventures and things like this. That's absolutely not the case. Okay. Now, a lot of people, though, will think, well, once you're 35, once you're 38, 42, you're past it, right? You know, you're you're out the game. People think that younger guys have all of the advantages because they are more well often they're more athletic, you could say better looking because they look they have younger uh, skin, younger more fresher appearance, and so on and so forth so the I suppose the the mainstream first idea would be younger guys have the advantage. then you might dig a little bit deeper and you start to realize well actually hang on a minute women actually frequently like older guys and i'm not talking about they like a guy who's in really really poor shape and he's decrepit and you know he looks like a wreck and his hair's all falling out and so on i mean obviously there are caveats to everything that i say here and a major caveat is keeping yourself in decent shape and looking stylish, being well-groomed, and so on and so forth. But nevertheless, as we said before, a large minority of women seem to just like older guys. So that's the first thing. So actually, older guys have that advantage because there's quite a lot of girls and women who are just naturally predisposed towards them anyway. Hmm. Spit a bit of lemonade there, keeping the old... Uh keeping the old hydration up during the episode so you have that advantage and then there are other advantages that come along as well and those are things like maybe you have more money right you've been alive longer maybe you've been successful in business you've got more cash okay so that's that's one thing maybe you have more social status you've risen to some sort of senior level you're a ceo you're a politician you're a whatever you're, you're an international businessman. Okay, you've got some sort of social status, maybe you've got property, right? You know, all of these different things. Maybe you are that dreamy older dude that she's always imagined getting together with who can sort of whisk her off her feet and take her on a wonderful vacation to the south of France or to Italy or, or to the Greek islands or whatever, right? Maybe you're that guy. I know I'm straying a little bit into Sugar Daddy game here, but, you you know, I mean, you know what I'm saying. Maybe you're that guy who is materially well off and you're ticking those boxes. And plus, you also look good. Maybe you're in shape. You know, you're a a Gianni Luavacci type character and you've got the kind of Silver Fox thing going on. So there's that. And what else? Well, you might be just more socially congruent, socially well calibrated, because you're older, for the simple reason that you've just been in more social situations, right? You know, you've just been thrown into more social situations than the younger dude. I'm certainly a lot better. I always talk about this, because that's really the whole point of my channel. I'm socially a lot better now than I was when I was 18, 19, 20. And that's for a number of reasons. It's because I worked on myself and I threw myself into a lot of different experiences. But another aspect of it is just that I got older. You know, I've just been on the planet for more years. And in those years, I've had to deal with more people. I've been thrust into more diverse social and business and formal situations. I've had to hold my own and learn to hold my own in those situations. And I've become more confident as a result. It's just simple arithmetic. I've just been around longer, right? So I'm able to project myself in a way that is more impressive, let's say, than I was even 10 years ago, 15 years ago, right? I see myself improving even even in my adult life. I always sort of talk about, well, i reached the age of 30 and then I learned a bit more about social skills and things got a lot better for me. And they did. They really did. But there again, there were further incremental steps along the way. Like when I was 35, I remember really coming into my own in terms of my my work life. I mean, the first few years of my 30s, I was actually in my work life. I was like really unconfident and I was really unconfident going to meet people and doing presentations in front of people and things like that. And then that became a lot better as I had more practice at that. So even for me, there are incremental steps. It wasn't just this linear or it wasn't just I hit 30 and then I'm like, OK, I'm fine. I'm sorted now. And I continue to, to get to improve and to get better in different ways, as I go along. And I think we all have the opportunity to do that. So just having been around longer, it gives you and people tend to take you more seriously when you're older as well, you just have a bit more gravitas, you have a bit more about you, perhaps you've traveled, you've probably been in lots of different interesting scenarios, a bit more to talk about a bit more life experience, all of those things that you can bring to the table, which is really, really cool. But I would say, in my own experience, one of the biggest, or perhaps the biggest advantages that you have as an older guy, that is probably not expected, is, drumroll please, that you are less invested in sex. You are less of a walking hormone, who is just enthralled to the demands of his body, who just wants to find somebody to have sex with. And that is the sole and only thing on his mind. That's his sole and only focus. I suppose a quick way of saying it is you're less desperate. (laughs) Because when you're young, if you're a young guy, often it can be the case that you are flooded with with testosterone, you're flooded with those youthful hormones, and that desire just to go out there and meet women and have crazy experiences with them and and so on. And it takes a while in my experience for that to calm down, right? I mean, for me, personally, I was, I was in that really all through my 20s. And through a lot of my 30s as well, I was very driven by my libido, right? I was very libidinal as a person, you might say. That was driving a lot of my activities, what I was doing, where I was traveling to, the people I was hanging out with, the way I was spending my time, everything really. Even you could say my the jobs that I did and so on and so forth were influenced directly by the fact that I was fizzing with sex hormones, and I wanted to, to satisfy that in some way, you know, I wanted to meet women and to date them and so on and so forth. And in my case, that led to, you know, quite a large degree of promiscuity, as well as, of course, being in relationships as well, but certainly a degree of promiscuity. uh, And, you know, that that's how i ended up i guess creating content about this stuff i became a very acute observer of social interactions i became fascinated with attraction the way in which people are attracted to one another the way in which people get together the sort of customs that exist around that in different societies in different places around the world all of this stuff became my principal interest and there were some intellectual reasons for that, but equally or predominantly, the reason, the motive really behind it was that I wanted to get laid, you know, being completely honest. Now what I found, and the experiences of, all guys are gonna vary, right? Your speed may vary, your experiences may vary, What I found as I progressed into my 40s was that it did start to slow down. I've talked about this before, certainly talked about it with friends before privately. The white hot heat of that libido that I had started to dull somewhat. It started to dim somewhat. It wasn't quite as white hot anymore, right? And For me, that is actually a huge blessing because for many, many years, for many, many years as a younger guy, I was, I always had this idea in my head, if only I could get the monkey off my back, you know, I mean, I don't mean, (laughs) I don't mean in some kind of weird way, but I mean, the monkey of addiction, if you like, or, or the monkey of desire, if only I could get the monkey off my back. Okay, and be freed from this, from this sort of burning need really to, to go around and to seek out romantic opportunities, to seek out sexual opportunities the whole time. If only I could be relieved of that, then w- how much more productive could I be? How much more calm could my life be? How many more opportunities could I open up to myself and avail myself of if I just got rid of that, that compulsion really. And I would think that and I would pray for the compulsion to be lifted sometimes. Well, I I don't know if I went that far. But you know, I would hope that uh, I could get some sort of a break, I get some sort of respite. And the respite never came. The respite never came for many, many years. You know, from 20, 1920, all the way through to mid to late 30s. In fact, actually late 30s. That drive that compulsion, that desire, that libidinal instinct was still there. It was still very, very hot in me. All right. It was still burning inside of me. Okay. And that was causing me to behave in in these ways and to do the things that I did. And as I say, really to get into making this kind of content and traveling and all this other stuff. And then slowly, and then perhaps a bit more rapidly, it started to tail off didn't do anything, didn't do anything differently. It just started to tail off. Now, whenever I talk about this, people are going to talk about testosterone and say, well, you know, have you checked your T levels, bro? And all of that. And yes, I have. And yes, they're fine. And the other thing to say about it is that if it was a case of low T, I sort of feel that you would lose the drive for other aspects of your life as well. And I really haven't. You know i really haven't there are things in my life i'm still very very passionate about creating content i'm still really passionate about about work i'm still really passionate about writing i'm still really passionate about travel there are things that i'm really really driven really focused on it's just that the volume's been turned down a bit on the sex and the relationship side of things okay and as i say for me that's a great thing because just having that having that bloody compulsion the whole time it really eats up everything else and consumes everything. It consumes you, really, but it consumes everything else in your life. So I'm talking about this as being an advantage. So why is this an advantage? Well, it, quite simply, it's an advantage because if you care because and by the way, I, before I go into that, let me just say something else. This is not to say that I have zero desire for dating and for women and, and all of that stuff. I'm not saying that at all. Of course, the desire is still there. The desire is still pretty strong, right? I still meet people that I'm attracted with. I'm still having, you know, I have relationships with people. I want to see people. I want to travel to go and see um, her or, you know, whatever it is, whatever the scenario is in my private life. Um, That drive is still very strong. But it's not as overwhelming as it was previously. OK, so there's a little bit more just sort of I've just got more of a measured grasp on it, really. I'm just a bit more controlled around it than perhaps I was in the past. OK, as I say, the best way to look at it is to think about somebody turning a volume down or maybe, you know, a dimmer switch where you turn the light down. It's like the light the, the light's been turned down just a bit. It's just been dimmed. It was this bright glare before. And now it's just this kind of warm glow so it's not gone it's still there it's just it's not as it's not as bright as it was before okay and the reason that this i think is an advantage or we can see this as an advantage firstly as i said it gives you more time you can do other stuff you know you're not like the 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 crack addict you know or the the heroin addict just jonesing for another hit or or any of that you know you've got a little bit more more freedom in terms of your routine but Also, and this is the key point that I wanted to make, you are not as needy. You're not as desperate. Okay, when you interact with women that you are attracted to, you, you are not as because you don't have this huge sort of compulsion that perhaps you have when you're younger, you're a little bit more measured, you're a little bit more not standoffish, but You're a bit more take it or leave it, I suppose. And that actually makes you more attractive in a way, or it can make you more attractive if you channel it correctly. Because remember, what nobody wants, women or men, is something that they can get to easily. We all want the things that we can't get. It's an unfortunate fact of life. It's an unfortunate fact of human psychology. Not really a lot we can do about it. It affects me. Uh, It it, it affects women that I deal with. I know it affects other guys, right? It's that thing that you want. It's that person that you can't get. It's that relationship that you broke up and you wish you could get her back and you can't get her back. You You want her, even though it might be that objectively, there's another girl who's right in front of you now, who's actually interested in you. And in some ways she might be better, but you really want the one that you can't get, right? We all have that thing. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. Now, if you present as a guy, you know, he's got his stuff together. He's got his shit together. Well presented, in good shape, interesting life, uh, doing cool stuff, maybe got some sort of social standing or whatever, or some kind of business standing or make some money or, you know, whatever it is. You know, you're you're an older dude, but you've got that Silver Fox vibe. Okay, but you're not desperate for her attention. You're not all over her. You're not replying to her texts two seconds later every time, right? You know, you're standing back a little bit because you can kind of take it or leave it. You know, it gets to a point where it's like, well, do I go on the date or do I stay home and have a nice cup of tea and read a book? It it really becomes that sort of a a toss up where actually sitting at home and reading the book might start to look quite attractive because you've been through the mill so many times, you know, you've done the dates, you've done the sex, you've done the dealing with all the crap that you, you end up dealing with, you know? Um, and this is no disrespect to, to girls or anything, but you know, you, you, you've you been through the rigmarole so many times that, I, and, and you've, you've had sex, you've had that joy of discovery so many times. And you, you know, that. It kind of wears not wears off in a bad way, but you're just less bothered about it, I suppose, and that gives you this huge advantage because when you think about the other guys who are competing for her, those guys are likely blowing up her phone. You know, they're just like, "Hey, babe, you know, come out tonight." Da 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 da. And not to say that they won't be successful in doing that, but again, you know, who given that we want the thing that we can't have there is a decent chance that she's going to be more attracted to the person who's hanging back more, you know, who is showing less overt desire. Now, again, with all of these things, very nuanced, it's not black and white, you need to show some desire, right? And and this is actually, there is a downside to this, there's a negative to this as well, that if your desire falls so low, that you just don't really, you you know, you, you can't even be bothered to to approach anymore, you can't even be bothered to be social anymore, then that is a problem because obviously then you're not really going to get anything. And you need a a kind of a, a sweet spot in the middle where there's enough drive there. You're excited enough about getting to know her, about meeting her, getting to know her that there's, she can see, she can feel that you do desire her in this man to woman way. But at the same time, you're not being avert. You're not being too on top about it you know you're not blowing the phone up every two minutes you're not double texting her you, you can sort of hang back you're not necessarily just going to meet her at the drop of a hat just because she changes her mind right you know you're less tolerant of bad behavior right you know you're not going to let things slide in the way that maybe you once did that actually makes you a very attractive proposition and for me i would say that is probably the number one Unfair advantage that older guys have in dating. Okay. Because as a younger guy, when you're in the grip of those hormones, when you're in the grip of that desire, it's really hard to fake being nonchalant. Right? And that I think actually is a good word to use for what I'm talking about. Nonchalance, right? You you acquire a degree of nonchalance as an older guy that's very hard to fake as a younger man. And it's it's good. It's good, you know? uh for a number of reasons it's really really good uh you you are not so chained to the to the monster of your own desire if you like that as perhaps you you once were and yeah it's nice i'm a happy customer anyway look we have done now about 28 minutes 28 and a half minutes i am keeping these to half an hour so i'm going to close off i hope you enjoyed the content today uh maybe you agree with what i'm saying maybe you disagree uh Drop comments if you're watching this on YouTube, drop comments in the box below, or drop me an email, Troy at Real Francis, let me know what you think. I would ask everybody who's listening to this, if you're not already, to get onto my email list. I've got a free email subscriber list. Emails go out pretty much every day during the week. Uh, send them out at 6 p.m. EST, 11 p.m. UK time normally, and it's either going to be a piece of advice, some actionable advice, a story, some news maybe an offer, maybe a freebie. It's the best way to keep up to date with my exclusive content. It's exclusive uh, new content that comes out most days of the week. And obviously, if I get thrown off any of the platforms, then the email list is going to be the place to go to keep in touch. So links below, get onto that free email list. It only takes two seconds. And I will see you again in the next show. Bye-bye.